This episode is brought to you by who else but Odeon. I love an Odeon, especially an Odeon Lux. Whether I'm on the red carpet at a movie premiere or popping down to my local cinema, the feeling is always the same. Pulling open the door to hear the huge, spine-tingly, Dolby Atmos sound bellowing from within. The irresistible glow of the gigantic 4K iSense screen drawing you towards it four times sharper to capture every detail. Relaxing into those luxurious reclining seats and feeling that sense of anticipation as you excitedly sip on your favourite tipple before emerging at the end of the film trying to put into words what you've just experienced. It's nothing short of magic. You can book your Odeon Lux experience at odeon.co.uk or on the Odeon app. They say we make movies better and I couldn't agree more. Also, just before we head to our fantastic virtual cinema, how would you like a pair of tickets to head to a fantastic and very real cinema? Because the lovely people at Odeon have handed us a pair of tickets to give away every show. So if you'd like the chance to head to your nearest Odeon and enjoy a movie, all you need to do is leave us a review. I'll explain more at the end of the show, but congratulations to this week's winner, Chloe Dowling, who left us a lovely review on Apple Podcasts. Chloe says... Only found this podcast last week, but I've binged all the episodes whilst out running. Love the variety of guests on the show and the different features like the posters and gifts for the audience are great to get an insight into the mind of the guest. Thank you, Chloe. Drop us an email to triptomovies at gmail.com and we will send you your tickets. Finally, if you like to watch your interviews rather than listen to them, you can find the full video interviews in glorious Technicolor over on our Trip to the Movies Patreon. And if you want a little taster of what those videos are like, why not subscribe to our Trip to the Movies YouTube channel? Okay, back to this episode. If you're ready, let's do this. Hello and welcome to A Trip to the Movies, the podcast where each week a special guest takes us on an incredible journey as they curate their perfect night out at a fantastic virtual cinema. This week we are joined by a brilliant actress who has just appeared in Netflix's hugely successful Adams Family-inspired series, Wednesday. Here to tell us about that show and take us on today's Trip to the Movies, please welcome the hugely talented John Adeus Watson! Hi. Hello! Hi! Thank you for that introduction. Hey, no worries. It's it's my pleasure. It's lovely to have you on the show. Um, how's everything going? You well? You happy? I'm well. I'm happy. I'm cold. So drinking a lot of hot beverages constantly throughout the day. <laughs> so you're in London at the moment then because it is very cold here, right? Yeah, I'm in London. Yeah, it's a foggy, dismal, dreary day in London. But here... <laughs> To warm our hearts is a little bit of chat about what has become something of a phenomenon, and that is the show Wednesday. What has it been like for you seeing these incredible record-breaking statistics come in for that show? Honestly, surreal. Like It kind of feels like I'm living someone else's life at times. At the same time, it feels like nothing's changed. It's kind of hard to explain, but like you see the numbers and you know, you, the group chat goes off and I'm kind of like, what, this is insane. But then I like put my phone down and go back to my day and everything is kind of still normal. So in that sense, it's, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's just been really weird. And just the, yeah, the sheer number of people who have watched it is baffling to me. That's, it's nice though that you, so you, you've got a little WhatsApp group from the castmates you stayed friends with afterwards and you're all like yeah. talking about it. 
Absolutely. Yeah, we do. We still, we still chat. It's, I feel like, you know, since the show's come out, everyone's gotten so busy, but we do still, we check in on there, especially when something like that comes out. We're just like, oh my God, have you guys seen that we're the most watched in this amount of time? (laughs) So we do check in on that, which is really nice. Yeah. Did you have any idea when you were making it? Did it feel special on set? Was it like this, this could be a thing. I mean, obviously the Adams family is like a hugely popular thing, but there was no certainties about doing a spin-off set in that universe that it was going to be as big as it was. I don't know. People people ask me that, and I feel like kind of a nerd if I say yes, just because I'm like, uh, I can't, I don't know, I can't say like I was there watching it going, this is going to be huge. I'm so excited. Like, I, I didn't really know, but at the same time, I think we all had moments of it. Is the I think that's the best way to explain it is like, we didn't really know. We didn't really think about it because we were just like, let's just... We have to get through these days and these weeks in Romania. And, but then there were just like, there's really like moments. Like there was a moment that I was standing near um, like Christina Ricci and someone came up and was like, Oh, the Adams fam. And I was like, this is weird. Like this is bizarre <laughs> that this is happening. Like next to me in a shot. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. It's amazing. I mean, for stats fans, uh, I'll, I'll just list off a couple. It's currently, and this might already be out of date, it's currently the third most watched English language series in the history of Netflix. Only Stranger Things and Dharma have been watched more. Kind of a big deal, right? Wow. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know that Dahmer had been watched more as well. This might be wow. out of date, though. If you know something, I, think I don't know. we might have beat Dahmer. I could be wrong. I think <laughs> we might have beat Dahmer. Something tells me we beat Dahmer, but I could <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with you. We're gonna call you the second most watched show. We'll just say um, second. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. No one's gonna check. Um, so obviously, like, I mean, I grew up with the Adams family. Did you grow up watching those original two movies? Yeah. Oh, definitely. We loved them. I mean, I had a sister and my mom and my dad as well. We, yeah, we loved those movies. I think my, I think I watched them at my babysitter's house a few times, um, and she was kind of religious, so. I, I felt very lucky to get to watch that, but I, yeah, we loved it. We loved it. We, we, we were always kooky and weird. So I feel like we related to them, you know? Cause that, I mean, this is the thing. So you like, you look at it on the surface, you go, Oh my God, they're all very strange. But actually at the heart of the Adams family is this really, really solid family unit who love each mm-hmm. other and all their weirdness. Yeah. And just like some real specific characters that you just wish you knew. I wish that we had cousin it like, I also loved, I loved the idea of like a severed hand running around. I just thought that those, those things were so cool. I was like, if those really existed, that would be sick. So I feel like we, yeah, we loved those movies. I loved Wednesday too, growing up. So oh, full yeah. circle. Yeah. I, I mean, definitely got the funniest lines in both movies, which leads me on to my big question. I, I, you, you don't have to pick a lane, but I, I would love it if you did. Adam's Family or Adam's Family Values, which is the better film? Mmm, that's a really hard one. I might have to pick is values is the one she goes to summer camp, right? Correct. I think I'm gonna have to say values. Yes, I just, that is the I right just, answer. I found it. <laughs> Yay, I won. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that was just awesome. That made me want to go to. I went to summer camp too, and that just made me. Yeah, definitely. I think values is so yeah. good. It's the camp stuff. The camp stuff is just, it just takes it to the next level. It does. So I don't want to oversimplify this, but I think I'm right in saying you auditioned via a self-tape for your role in Wednesday. And six weeks later, you get a call going, yep, 
that's it. You're in. Is 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 that an oversimplification, or is that kind of what happened with a few maybe little tete-a-tetes of other information here and there? That is exactly how it happened. No other. Genuinely, I I want to say sixty weeks. I think that's accurate. Is like, yep, I did the tape. It was I think like a twenty second long tape. It was so short, hmm. and. So I just sent it and forgot about it. I remember the day I taped it was really hectic too. Like I went to this, I went to this place to tape it that was supposed to be, have better lighting and stuff. And I spilled my chat. I was in Arizona, so my chapstick had melted in the car, and I spilled it all over my shirt. And so I had this big grease stain on my shirt, so I couldn't do the tape. So I had to go home and I had to do the tape in my living room. So it was like this really hectic day as well for like this twenty second self tape. And I did the tape and. Yeah, like six weeks later, I was waiting to hear. I thought I was going to hear back about this other project. And I got the call and they were like, hey, you booked uh, that show, Pilgrim, but it's actually Wednesday. And I was like, oh, that? Really? I did? <laughs> and then and then I kind of had to go through it all again and like look back at like, who's the director? And of course, it's Tim Burton. So I was like, oh, okay. I don't even care about the other things. <laughs> like, I'm good. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, is that normal? Is it, I mean, I I know obviously we all went through COVID, and so self tapes became a you know de rigueur of how to audition uh, these days, as opposed to doing it in person. Obviously, there's you know transatlantic things as well, you know, where you're in another country. But is that a, a usual thing to never have to audition in person for a role to just get cast off the back of a self tape? No, no, it's not normal. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> not normal. I don't know what I don't know what they were thinking. To be honest, I could have turned up within some random, but no, I don't think it's normal at all. I do think it's it's happened a lot more. I, I know of other people who did things, but like usually there's still multiple rounds, even if you never really do it in person. But yeah, that that was a freak freak accident, probably. But no, I, I would say I mean everything else I've auditioned for any future things it's usually have a couple more rounds usually have an in-person round um it's a it was a weird thing i think specifically because of covid they were casting out of so many countries so yeah i think it fell into place pretty cool huh though pretty cool to just be sitting there going i'm sorry i'm in yeah oh fine yeah all right yeah i love it (laughs) it was pretty cool Uh, you you mentioned um uh, a man who I consider a, a, a legend. I grew up watching his films. Uh, Tim Burton, obviously, you know, he directed some of the episodes of uh, of Wednesday. Did you have the opportunity to be directed by him? Did did, did did he call action on on the day that you were there? Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. He directed the first four episodes, so he was there. I would say most of the time. Um, uh-huh. Pretty much every day you'd go into set, he was working with you. So, like my first day on set was with him. Um, I was there on his lap. Like I, anytime I, you were in on an episode he was working on, he was going to be there. He was very, he's very hands-on. So he's always, he's always there. He's always calling action. And yeah, it was just, it was crazy, but yeah, he was there a lot. When I got to meet him and work with him. What's it like working with him? I mean, I'm, I'm asking as a fan, cause you know, I mean like Batman returns is to, to my mind, the greatest Christmas movie ever and the greatest <laughs> Batman movie ever. Please don't tell Christopher Nolan. I won't tell him. I won't tell him because, you know, he directed the other four episodes. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) No. Yeah. No, it was so much fun working with him. I look up to him so much as well. Like I also grew up on his movies. I think so many people did. Um, But as soon as you meet him, you kind of his his status is kind of out of your mind because he's so humble and he's so um, 
he's just kind of he's so down to earth but in like kind of a like a quirky way i don't know he just he's got this energy to him that makes you really excited but also kind of just puts you at ease in a way so you i never felt intimidated i was really lucky but no working with him is awesome and he he has a great time you can tell he's having fun and yeah you just want to you just want to have fun and be on the same wavelength as him really that's cool that's cool. Yeah. Um, so what is your favorite memory then of, of filming Wednesday? I have a favorite, uh, well, one of my favorite scenes. I, I'm a big fan of the dance scene uh, just because it reminds ask, me. Of, yeah, okay, what's your favorite scene, the dance scene? I, I love the dance scene. Uh, you know, it's the combination of um, of Blade, weirdly, and Carrie. Uh, Blade because of the sprinklers with the spoiler, bud, uh, and Carrie because obviously Carrie. So, yeah, I love the dance scene. Yeah, that was a really cool one to film just because – yeah, that that was crazy. Uh, I mean, what how how many things do you work on where you get to be rained blood on and Tim Burton's <laughs> running around and telling telling you where to go and telling people what to do? So it was really awesome. Um, but I would say like one of my favorite scenes actually. I also loved the canoeing. That was really mm. that was really fun to film. Um, ugh, it's so hard. I guess I get. I mean, I guess I would say the dance scene, but just all of it. I mean, I could pick so many different different moments that just were so much fun and especially the scenes where all the nightshades were together like the group of teenagers um at the school those were all of them were really fun oh that okay there was a day um it's in the final episode so i won't spoil too much but the day where we're you know we're all in the library and we're like okay we gotta hatch this plan and figure out what to do and then we like snap twice and then we run off and do our thing that was so much fun to film because we had to do this necklace thing where we pulled our necklaces off, but like all they didn't tell the costumer until like just before. So our ne- our necklace is like clipped on and our, the costumers were like, what, what are we going to do? Like the wardrobe, were, they didn't know what to do. So we had to like stick them together so that they could come off really easily. And so we would be running down the stairs and someone's necklace would go and, James would call cut and we had to start over from the top and it was just hilarious like by the end of the day we were all just laughing so hard and they were like guys we gotta get this done but that was so much fun I don't know why it was so fun but it was great because it's it's famously on a on a Harry Potter movies where you put a lot of people the same age young people together on, on a movie set like corpsing and like and, and just like losing it is is a real problem for filmmakers because everyone yeah. just gets once you get into that zone it's difficult to come back from it yeah and also you don't want to be the one like if you're really good at not laughing which i can i can do i can like buckle down if you're really good at laughing you don't want to be the one missing out on the fun so then you kind of have to like let go of that but then it's like should I, uh, who's, whose side am I on? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the corpsing, the corpsing, I think you're right. It's just, that's just what's going to happen if you put a bunch of people together that make each other laugh really easily. <laughs> Uh, well, listen. Congratulations on Wednesday. Uh, it's 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 been a hugely enjoyable series to watch. Um, so let's do this, Jonna. You're about to take us on your perfect night out at the cinema. You are our guide. We are your audience. Let's go on a trip to the movies. So. We push open the doors to our temple of film and find ourselves in the foyer. There's an excited buzz, as there always is in a cinema foyer. The hum of anticipation. It's your perfect cinema trip, Jonna. Who have you picked, living or dead, to go with you? 
I have picked to bring my designated premiere slash movie date, which is my sister. <laughs> um, I know you were all expecting some exciting celebrity, but I'm <laughs> I have to stick to I have to stick to my guns here. She just we've been in the movie so many times. She knows the rules. She knows when we can when we can look at each other and when we can just be focused. She we just we eat the same snacks. It's just the best. So I'm bringing my sister. You've got like a sixth sense. You you can just you, you can just read each other. Yeah, we do. We definitely do. What's the age difference? Can I ask? Yeah, she's a year and nine months older, so really close in age. Yeah, you could always watch the same films. There was never a thing where she's like, actually, I'm going to go to to this movie, which is you know uh, R rated, and and you can't come. You know, it's funny that you say that because there shouldn't have been that, but there absolutely was just because if she liked something first, I couldn't like it or I couldn't like it as much. So there were times like we were just talking. There were times that we'd go to like we went to the midnight premiere of some of the Twilight movies Mm. and she was obsessed with Twilight. And I I pretended not to like it for a long time because I was like, I don't care about that. But then eventually I kind of got into it. I was kind of like into the fantasy situation and she was like, well, I liked it first, so you can't like it. And so she and her friends would go to the midnight premieres and I would like go with, and it was so annoying to her. And I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I'm not mad. It's just, it's funny that you say that because no, she was never before me, but she very much liked things first. And right, right, right. You get, yeah, I've, I listen, I have a younger brother. It's like ownership. It's like, this is my thing. You can't like it as well because it, I, this, I found it. I discovered it. I have ownership. And, you know, you were here first. So you got to give, you got to <laughs> give that to the older siblings, but <laughs> it's funny. All right. Brilliant. You're taking your sister. Uh, can I ask what your sister's name is when I uh, repeat her name throughout? Yeah. Her name is Brea. Brea. All right. You're taking your sister, Brea, with you to the cinema. Now there's a clock on the wall of the foyer. It reads a specific time. What time of day are we going to the cinema? Okay, this is hard. I think we're going to go in the evening around 5 p.m. Um, because it'll be light when you go. Well, besides in the winter, it'll be light when you go in, but it'll be dark when you come out, which is my favorite I love that feeling. You go in and you're like, ah, it's a fun thing to do during the day. And you leave and it's like you've lived a different lifetime in that span of hours. So I would say that. I mean, I love a midnight premiere. I love a daytime showing. But I, that is the sweet spot for me, I think. That's nice. That's, 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 it's funny you say that. I, just as an aside, I once went to a, mm. a, a, a cinema in New York and I had that experience. I went in during the day, came out, and not only had night fallen, but about six feet of snow had fallen as well. And it looked like Narnia. It was like, what has happened? How long have I been in there? Yeah. And did you kind of feel like you woke up from like a, you hibernated or something? Yeah. 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 I love that. <laughs> you like walking up to the nearest person going, what year is this? <laughs> yeah. 5 p.m. is nice. 5 p.m. is a good time. I, I imagine that's, that's quite a, it's a fairly busy screening. Are you a fan of a busier screening than a, a, a quiet screening? Do you like the communal cinema experience sharing that laughter or tears with an audience of strangers? I do. I don't like movie talkers. I get quite irritated with the people in the cinema talking a lot. So I would say if I'm going to go watch a, a film that I really need to focus on, I'll probably go to a less busy screen. But the point of going to the movies is you kind of need that collective experience. So I do, I do like a bit of a busy screening. I think that's a good way to go. Yeah. And especially with big movies, event movies, movies that yeah. like people 
Twilight, for example, that you just mentioned, you know, that is something that obviously <laughs> people got- mention Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> you can mention Twilight. I, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed Twilight. So okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it where they all fight. Those are my favorite yeah, bits. <laughs> exactly. All right, 5 p.m. We're going to the cinema at 5 p.m. So you book the tickets for us. When we get into the auditorium, where are we going to be sitting? We're going to sit in the middle of the row, obviously, and we're going to sit pretty close to, I would say, like maybe a little bit more than half back. So mm. in the American big cinemas where there's that railing and then the, there's like the really low seats, we're going to sit behind that railing. First or second row, so just over halfway. So I've I, I, I've I've heard of this railing, having interviewed other uh, American guests. So this railing sounds amazing. <laughs> this sounds like these these are the best seats in the house because you have a, an aisle in front of you. So there's a, there's a gap between the row in front of you and, and you, and you've just got this railing that you can put your feet upon and stuff. Yeah, you can. That's what I always do, and you don't have to feel bad about it being the back of someone's chair. So it's it is the best seat in the house. Now, uh, question, uh, uh, to get to the bathroom, uh, the restrooms, uh, can you dip under that railing or climb over that railing so you're not having to ask people to to get out of the way, to move along the side of the row? No, there's usually a bit of a drop-off after the railing. It's usually like there's there's been a couple of stairs, so you probably can't go through them. I would say I don't really have that problem. I feel like I try to plan pretty well, but at the same time, I mean, if if you have to get up and go – if the movie's really good, it's not going to ruin your experience. You know, you're going to be focused on the movie. You're gonna, it's going to be fine. Okay. Okay. Just as a man who, you know, sometimes, you know, gets a bit of social anxiety when you have to push past people and go, hey, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Could I bring a small stepladder and get over that railing? I'm just looking ahead for when I'm in a U.S. cinema. Yeah. A stepladder or one of those ladders that have the hooks on the back and just drape it over the oh, – that would work. Great, great. That's good to know. That's good to know for the future. Okay, take rope ladder with me. Right, so we're sitting in the middle behind this famous US railing that I, I, I've never seen, but I've heard heard tales told of it. The air in the foyer is full of wonderful smells. All manner of snacks and foodstuffs are available at the various counters. What do you choose to eat? Uh, of course, popcorn. It's, it's a must. Definitely mm. buying popcorn. Um, I also sometimes will go for a sweet to accompany the popcorn. Maybe like, um, I like if, if I'm, if I could, I would like to have a s'mores. Usually they don't serve those. For some reason I associate movies with s'mores. I don't know why that is. Um, but yeah, or like an M&M maybe just something, something still picky. You don't want like a, a big cake or something, but something picky and sweet. And. Now, again, you're going to have to uh, drag me into this journey with you. A s'more. This is, is the, mm-hmm. am I right in thinking? I'm just going to guess and then you can go, it's absolutely not that. Is this like a, a kind of marshmallow thing between some wafers? Um, Kind of. I wouldn't say they're Tell wafers. Me. They're right. like, so the best way, like they're like graham, they're graham crackers, which are what I would compare to a digestive biscuit. Right. Okay. So they're kind of like little little cookie biscuit cracker things, and you put a piece of chocolate on them, you try to melt that a little bit, and then you roast the marshmallow and put them in the middle. For some reason, I don't know why I associate them with the movies. Maybe it's like a home movie thing. Maybe I used to make them. Okay, but- yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like you need an open fire 
like uh, which I, I imagine is problematic in in a cinema. I don't think you're allowed to start a small fire. It's like when we roast marshmallows here, you put them on a stick and put them over a bonfire. Yeah, yeah, you would. But do you know what? I just realized as you were saying that I think I'm associating there. You know, pop tarts. Yes. So Pop-Tarts have a s'mores flavor, and I think we used to bring packets of s'mores Pop-Tarts to the movies with us. <laughs> and I just had this memory now. So thanks for that. That's why. Okay. So I'm going to bring Pop-Tart s'mores. We're bringing Pop-Tart s'mores from home. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. Uh, you're going to maybe have some M&Ms. Uh, I'm, I'm totally on board with this. Uh, the popcorn, sweet or salted? Salted. Salted. Right. If, if I was a kid, I would do the butter thing, but... I, I'm not so big on that anymore. I'm more, I think I'm just a salted person, salty popcorn. You must be quite pleased then because I, I, I'm right in saying in, in London, in the UK, we do not have butter popcorn. So if you were still a fan of that, you'd be disappointed. I, I, have you seen it here? I haven't seen it here. Have you? I don't think I have. I've been to, no, I don't think I have. I've been to the cinema a lot here, but I don't think so. But I like no. I like the salted. You can you can eat the whole thing and not feel like you need to throw up after. So that's kind of nice. Uh, salted is the correct answer. Uh, that is the oh, right good. popcorn. Salted popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a traditionalist in that respect. Right. Yeah. Time to leave the foyer and walk down the corridor towards the auditorium. Now we're going to be putting up posters that celebrate some of your movie memories. The first poster is going to celebrate your fondest movie memory. What is the poster we're putting up? Paranormal Activity 1 we're putting up. And it's not because it's my favorite movie. It's because this movie, when I remember watching it, it was the first horror movie I ever watched. I was kind of a baby as a kid. I was really scared of things. I didn't like haunted houses. I'm not that way anymore, but I, I owe it all to this movie, Paranormal Activity, because we, me and my friend Mim at the time decided to watch it and we were terrified of getting, you know, scared and freaking out, whatever. So we went and we got, we left snacks. We went and actually we got these pickles, like full size pickles mm. that we wrapped in a paper towel and we held as we sat on the couch and watched the movie. And we, we said pickles are funny, just like they have to be funny. So anytime we get scared, we'll just take a bite of our pickle. And then we can also kind of keep tabs on when the other one is feeling scared so if I see Mim take a bite of their pickle, I, I know that they're scared and I don't have to feel bad about that. So that experience, and actually we made it to the end of the movie without really making a dent in the pickles. We kind of made it. <laughs> and I think it's because we had this, we had this other thing to focus on. We had this other situation going on. So we weren't as scared. And I, we watched loads of horror movies after that. Cause we were like, Oh, we can do this. So uh -huh. I really owe it to that movie for, for, yeah, helping me build the bravery. So uh, in subsequent uh, horror experiences, have you have you required a pickle wrapped in a, a towel, a paper towel? No, I don't think we did it again after that. I don't think we needed to. It, we we did it for that and it worked perfectly. And I, I remember it so well. It was so much fun and hilarious. And so now I know if I'm, if I'm scared of going into something, I, I guess I can always go back to that tactic because it worked. But no, we never, we never did that again. We were kind of like, we were kind of ready to take on the world after that. I love that. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of a pickle. I, I've never seen a pickle be used in, in such a, 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 a game-changing manner. Um, was, was there an agreement beforehand between you and Mim that pickles were undoubtedly the funniest vegetable? 
I guess, uh, I guess it must have just come up and we would have just been like, so we should watch this horror movie? Like, what if we're scared? Well, pickles, we like pickles. So that's a funny word. We probably had one of those, you know, manic, childish giggling sessions about the word at some point. So it just came back up and yeah, it is a funny vegetable. It's a it's a very funny vegetable. Everything about the pickle is funny, like you say, from the name to the fact that it comes in a jar. I mean, how many vegetables yeah. can claim come in a jar? Yeah. Um, all right. I I I really I, I really want to interrogate this, this this theory more, but I think I, I think I understand it. Um, using a pickle, and you're telling me that Paranormal Activity with the aid of a pickle did not scare you because it's a terrifying film. No, I don't think it did. I mean, I remember there were times where I was a bit like, like, oh, I can't watch. But I managed to watch the whole thing. And I remember at the end, I think what what scared me was more the I know there's like that shot of her like coming back to the camera after she has succeeded in killing everyone. And that I remember freaking me out. And also just the concept of found footage that really can unnerve me. We, I think most of the horror movies that I watch now and really like enjoy and feel the fear, like experience is the found footage ones, just cause it's so like, I don't know. It could be real. You never, you don't know who knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think like that, the, that final bit of her, like getting closer and closer to the camera. Oh, and that, that shot of the, the sheet moving. I remember that freaked me out, but, um, not to the point where I couldn't, where I had to close my eyes or, or stop. I think I, I think I, and I think, yeah, I don't think it did scare me that much. I think there were a couple moments where I was like, ooh. This is, this is great. I'm going to call it pickle therapy and uh, I'm yeah. going to see whether it, it, it takes off. It becomes a thing, you know, because I'm terrified of sharks. Um, so I, I, I wonder if I was sort of put in a, in, a, in a pool with a shark, but I was holding onto a pickle, whether I'd be okay with it. Exposure therapy with pickles, pickle therapy. I if it takes off, I will be so proud. I hope it does. <laughs> this is this is great. This is this is where it began. Right here. This is the start. Right you you with you me. were patient patient zero for pickle therapy. Right. Walking further down the corridor. Our second poster that we're going to put up depicts your worst movie memory. What's your worst movie memory? I had to think hard on this one because a lot of my worst movie memories were still kind of fun because of, you know, the people you were with or something, even if it's a terrible movie or something. But I landed on War Horse because I saw it in the cinemas and I looked it up. It came out in 2012, which would have put me at the ripe age of 12 or Mm -hmm. 13, which is pretty young to watch that movie. And I don't remember it too well, so, you know, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but it was very graphic and brutal. And I remember watching it with my sister and my mom and my dad, or maybe just my sister and my dad, and she had to leave the theater because she was sobbing so hard. Um, so I remember being really traumatized by that film. I don't really remember it that much because I was so like aware of my sister having to leave and then I felt really you know shaken by it and also I mean it's just graphic there's I think I remember I do remember the shot I think that really is burned into my memory which is like there's like wire and the horse has he falls down and there's all this wires like cutting up the horse and the guy. And I don't even remember what's happening, but it, I, I do remember that it was a really brutal movie. So I'm going to have to say that one. I think that's the only time I've ever been like, I 
can't watch this or I will be harmed. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, assume from this, and, and this, is, this is going somewhere, you're an animal lover. I mean, it'd be weird if yeah, you said no. big, big animal lover. So do you have a reaction when you're watching a film? If something's happening to an animal, is it more pronounced than if it happens to a, a human character in the film? Because I think this is a real thing. Yeah, it is. And I'm sorry to admit it, but yeah, absolutely. If I'm watching if I'm watching a movie and I used to say this as a kid too. I remember I remember answering questions like this to my friends and stuff and I would just be like, "Yeah, I can kind of deal with it if it's a person because it's like they can fight back if they want. They can just, you know, whatever." But if it's like if it's like an animal, like that they didn't choose any of these circumstances. They that's so unfair and there is just something about watching like, yeah, a horse in a war you know getting so tortured and of course like it's horrible to watch any human in those circumstances too but there is something really unsettling about about animal cruelty and yeah if if you watch like you know when people are torturing cats in movies and oh it just makes me so it, it makes me ill i hate it I I I I totally know where you're coming from with that. I agree with you. I I think it's 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 strange. There's a, there's a couple of movies where um people, the filmmaker for whatever reason, isn't tapped into just how much audiences care about the animal. So never bothers mm. to clarify whether an animal has like died or not in a scene. There was a scene in Blade Runner 2049 where um, yeah yeah. There's an explosion. There's the, the dog, the Harrison Ford's dog, when they're they're attacked in the skyscraper, and there's an explosion and. You know, uh, Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford get out. But Denis Villeneuve doesn't bother to tell you whether the dog survived or not. And after that, I'm like, I can't deal with this film. I needed to yeah, know. Yeah, I, I have to know. I can't watch anymore. That is so true. There are so I could name you like 30 movies where that happens. And I'm like, I got to know. I, if I meet those directors in person one day, I might have to ask. <laughs> in, your, yeah. in your brain, did they survive? Because I have to know. <laughs> Of course, you need to know because it's an oversight. This is a this is a good a good lesson for any filmmakers. There is a whole a whole millions of audience members out there who go, uh, if you don't tell me, I don't like your movie. I have to know, and, it, yep. and also I have to know, and they have to survive. Those are the two rules. Yeah, yeah. Unless obviously it's something like Marley and Me, which is you know it's kind of intrinsic to the plot. But uh, apart from that, yeah. Uh, right then, War Horse is going up as our second poster. Our third Thanks poster that we're putting up, it depicts the last performance or film that brought you to tears. Um, the Woman King. Take me through this. I haven't seen it yet. It's on my list, but I haven't seen it. You haven't seen, seen it? it? No. Yeah, The Woman King. Um, I'm not a big crier. I don't cry that much. As I never really have been a big crier. Every once in a while, there's like something that I, I can't, deal with a lot of times it's regret when I watch like a character experience regret I get emotional um or like you know looking at your past and being like I mean that's literally regret but yeah I watched the woman king and oh my god I cried I remember I cried once like half maybe just over halfway through and then I kept cry I kept crying and I started counting and I cried seven times during that movie seven times <laughs> I, I had stopped crying I had gotten back to a baseline and I had started crying again so it was so it was just so emotional it's just like there's a scene I don't want to spoil anything either because I want you to watch it and I want everyone else to watch it but there's a scene where like Viola Davis is finding out about something and 
she's faced with Tuso and Medu, and they have to discover this truth together. And I just the the faces and the the moment that they both realize that thing, I'm just like, I can't deal with this. Like it's so sad. And I just it's just it takes like one brilliant look to just just make me feel it and I really felt it in that movie it was so good I, I've heard wonderful things about it I, I'm looking forward to seeing it are, are we saying that the, this um this the, these these tears were an avalanche effect like once once the dam had broken then they, they just kept coming or were these seven separate events that individually were worthy of tears on their own no seven seven separate events Wow. Or at least like, you know, the floodgates had been open. So I guess mm. there is, but, but they had stopped and come back. So it's not like, it wasn't like a continuous cry, but like the first one was more of a like, oh, there it is. And then like the tears, like the single tear rolled down the cheek. And then like the next one would have been like, oh, that's even worse. And then it was like, and then, you know, this character, something happens to them and you're like, no. And then it, it's like seven different times I had to <laughs> revisit that pain. It was just... Yeah. I mean, I think the first one's the hardest, but after that, there were seven. So so do you think, um, I, I, an interesting question. I mean, you, you say you don't cry often, um, but when you want to cry, you know, like when people go, oh, do you know what? I want to laugh. I really want to laugh. So they'll go back to a comedy they know will make them laugh. Do you think you'll revisit or, or do you already revisit films that you know will make you cry when you actually go, I want to cry right now. I want to feel that emotion. Yeah, actually, I think there's a couple of films I can rely on to make me cry. Maybe, maybe they they probably don't fail me unless maybe once if I'm in a really particularly not crying mood. But like, mm. I don't know. I always cry. Like Eternal Sunshine makes me cry every time I watch it. Um, yeah, Woman King I'm sure would make me cry if I watched it again. But yeah, I I, I definitely do have those moods where I'm like, okay, I need to let out some of this. I'm gonna watch yeah. something that I know is gonna hit me. Um, it's like, I mean, it's like therapy. So it does. I love that. I love that feeling of like, you know, this movie's going to make you cry, but you can't go into it expecting too much just because then you probably won't cry because now you're expecting it too much. Yeah. But yeah, I do uh, that. Right then. The Woman King. We're putting up a poster for The Woman King. And as we walk towards the auditorium, we've got room for one more poster. This final poster depicts your unpopular movie opinion. What is it? I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm going to get some hate for this one, but I don't like The Princess Bride. Oh, oh well, no, that's fine. It's for this is your unpopular movie opinion. You can have anything okay. you like. Tell me. Tell me why. Now, I was going to go with something positive, like a movie that everyone hates and be like, this is my favorite movie. But I really just I have I have to know why I'm wrong. And you seem like a person who likes movies. So maybe you can explain this to me. But I, I just. I watched I watched it when I was like 16 or 17. So I probably missed the point where you should watch it for the first time. But I just watched it. I was I felt quite let down by it. I mean, it's quotable and it's got some great lines in it, but I thought the Buttercup was written so terribly and I know not not every movie is meant to be of incredible women characters and all these things, but I just really was like Really? This is the movie that everyone's obsessed with? Like, maybe you can help me. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong. No, I know. So that you were 16, 17 when you watched it. Have you revisited it since? Oh, I think I watched it during lockdown at one point, but I don't think I finished. Wow. So this is this is a movie. This is uh this is uh, 
Oscar-winning screenwriter William Goldman, directed by the the great Rob Reiner. These two powerhouses combined. And I love them. I love them. I don't know what it is about this movie. It just doesn't click. I hesitated to even go there because I'm like, I guess I can't really back myself up. All I can really say is that I was a little bit, I was a little bit let down by it. And maybe, you know, maybe it's the world's fault for hyping it up so much before I watched it. <laughs> so we can blame them, um, but it's not me. But yeah, I don't know. I just watched it and I had no, I knew all the quotable lines already. So they, they didn't like pack the punch. And so I was kind of like, yeah, this is good, but mm-hmm. I think I think that's absolutely fine. You can think the Princess Bride is not that good. It's it's one of those movies. I I but I think you hit the nail on the head. It's hype. Like when you come to yeah. something, if you'd already been told, if like everyone you knew had gone, oh my god, you got to see this, and they all saw it when they were like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and it had become part of their like like their cultural reference points. Then yeah, you're never gonna love it as much. Yeah, and you know there are some killer parts of it that are really entertaining, but I unfortunately had been exposed to them before I even watched it. So I just didn't vibe with it as much as I wish I had. Sorry, everyone. Don't be, don't. You've got nothing to apologize for. Uh, as I put up a poster for the princess bride as our final poster. We're here then. We're at the auditorium. Now uh, there is a queue of people hoping to join yourself and Brea in the cinema. Do you want to let them in or do you want it just the two of you? Do you want the, communal atmosphere the spirit of like crowd enjoyment or do you just want you and your sister in there nah get him in get him in i i i picked you know i picked the peak time for movie watching it would be rude to let them out they all want to they all want to watch a movie well the crowd go wild they're pouring into the auditorium now the first thing we're going to play on the screen is a trailer for the film that you're most looking forward to what trailer are we playing Okay, so I've picked this movie that's coming out this year called Cocaine Bear. Have you heard about it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Have I you have. heard about this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me about it, though. I, I, I mean, the trailer is mad. It's mad. It's I. I first heard about it. I met someone who had worked on it. Um, they came to visit one of the cast members in of Wednesday, so I got to meet them. Their name's Aaron, and. They were just like telling us about their experience and filming and stuff. And so it kind of sparked my intrigue. And then I'd come back to London after filming and my friend had it written on one of her artworks, just the words cocaine bear. And I was like, wait, how do you know about this movie? And she was like, oh, I literally saw like a tweet about it. And I just thought it was the funniest combination of two words. Like, I just think it's such a funny title. And so it like cropped up twice and then finally, when it started gaining, like, oh, now there's a release date, and now there's a trailer and stuff, like, it just, it has a magical sense of, like, what the fuck is going to happen in this movie. <laughs> like, I'm so excited to see what happens in it. Because, I mean, it's based on, it's based on a true event, which I find mad. Yeah. And the true event is quite sad. So I, I don't like to think about it for too long. But at the same time, it's like, that happened. So the fact that we can make this thing out of it and i don't know if it's even going to be funny or scary or sad or what but i'm like so excited to (laughs) experience all those emotions and it's directed by elizabeth banks i don't know if it's her first movie but i'm excited for that i mean what a crazy project i think she did uh what did she i think she did the charlie's angels remake and i think she did did yeah that's right pitch perfect two i think maybe she directed that as well but i think you're right and you're right she i think she did the trilogy which i i enjoyed it was a great movie Mm -hmm. so 
let's go back to cocaine bear though so you're right it's based on this true story about a bear that like eats a lot of cocaine and I'm goes mad um but based on our conversation earlier because i just want to ask you this and i, I don't want to in any way like dampen people's excitement for this movie but i think you're you're a bit like me the true story is sad the bear in real life dies in the end like they had to kill it because it was full of cocaine are you not worried like i watched the trailer and it's all like it's all hijinks and funny and it looks great it looks great but if the bear dies at the end man that's gonna be a really bum note to end on it is gonna be a bum note i that's what makes me wonder like is it gonna be this kind of insane sort of like 80s comedy horror thing and like is that gonna actually make a really great film you know and i i don't know it it is a hard one because i i see what you mean and i do have trouble sometimes, you know, separating the life from the art. But at the same time, I mean, it's such a funny concept. I, I hope it's an incredibly entertaining and great movie. But then maybe the bear doesn't die. Maybe they, I mean, they're reimagining a lot of it. I don't think any of yeah. the movie's plot actually happens. So maybe the bear lives. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that the bear lives. I'm hoping it's, you know, like uh, Elizabeth Banks, there's a Tarantino and just reversions history for the final act. Exactly. That Well, that's what I'm expecting. So don't let us down. <laughs> All right. The trailer for Cocaine Bear. And I think your friend's absolutely right. It, for some reason, Cocaine and Bear just have always belonged together and we just never yeah, knew. I know. Right. Your favorite shot or sequence from a movie is what we're playing next. What are we playing? Okay. We're playing the sword fight wedding from Pirates of the Caribbean 3. Oh, Okay. Okay, tell me why. Why have that, you straight in there with that? Why? What is it about that? This is talk me through it. Tell you what, talk me through it before I guess. Okay, so the pirates are at war with the English trading company. It's a big battle. There's rain pouring down. The cast actually filmed on like a moving ship, which I was obsessed with that little trivia fact. Like the ship moved and there was actually rain. And there, anyway, there's this massive battle going on and. Will and Elizabeth have been trying to get married since the freaking end of movie one. So they're like, okay, finally, you know, we're in this battle. One of us might die. They kind of think that someone's going to die. So they're like, let's just get married here and now. And they like ask Barbosa to marry them. And he's like, dude, we're in the middle of this fight. I don't have time for this. And I'm paraphrasing. I could give you the direct lines because I love this shot and sequence so much, but I won't. Um, but Barbosa's like, dude, I'm busy. Like, do you know, we're, we're doing something here. And then basically Will Turner's like, no, now. And he's like, all right, fine. And then he marries them while everyone's sword fighting on this massive ship in this, in this fight. And it's broken up by like, you know, they're doing their vows, but it's broken up by like a clash and then like a big spin and they got to behead someone over here. And I just love it. I mean, if I ever have to get married, that sounded sad if i ever get married i hope it's as epic as that because it's just it is just like the pinnacle of romance i love it it's so good do you love the pirates movies or is it just that particular sequence within the pirates movies that you love oh i love the pirates movies i i had to really restrict myself and my answers here because it it could have been anything it could have been any answer it could have been pirates but um no i love those movies and that's just my favorite I mean, I would say that probably the first movie's my favorite mo- of them, but the third movie just has that, like, that, j- I mean, that, I've never seen that replicated, too. I've never seen that done again, and I've definitely never seen anything like it done better, so I just, it's just an incredible, oh, it's so good. 
Correct me if I'm wrong. So I, it's been a long time since I watched uh, At World's End, isn't it? That's the third one. Mm-hmm. So is this is this, this the, the marriage? This marriage happens during the whirlpool sequence, where there's all the ships are spiraling around in this whirlpool. Is Davy Jones mm-hmm. is there, and then the uh, the East India Trading Company are there, and it's all these different ships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the sequence, it's, right, right? That's the sequence. There's it, and it's broken up by there's lots of different things happening, but the. Yeah, there's like, the, it goes to the other ship and they're kind of like, ooh, let's fire the cannons and sipping their tea and whatever. And then it goes back to like the craziness in the in the maelstrom and it's, oh, it's just so good. But the, the yeah, the wedding specifically, those shots and the, the score as well at that moment is like swelling. And when they finally kiss, they're like kissing and there's like all these people like falling and dying around them. There's like people with like shark <laughs> fins on their heads, like flying into the ocean and they're just like kissing and it's i love it i love it it's so good i remember being i remember feeling quite sad at the end of it world's end though because he then doesn't uh will has to take control of uh, davy jones's ship he replaces him on the flying dutchman and then he only gets to come and see um i forget kira knightley's character's name but elizabeth uh, elizabeth he only gets to see her like once every so often like he only gets to come yeah. to land it's a, it's quite a sad ending it's so sad. It's like the saddest ending ever, but it just is so beautiful. And they don't like, man, I could, this whole podcast could be about it, but they, they don't shy away from it either. Like, you know, they always expect those Disney love story movies to be like, and they lived happily ever after it. Like they didn't, he was cursed, but they still like loved each other, even though he can only see her once every 10 years. And that is magic. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I should I should have reveled in the fact that it was quite an undisneyfied ending instead of going. I just wanted a happy. I'm a sucker for a happy ending sometimes. Almost. It too kind much. of is a happy ending though, because they do. You know, they do end up together and in love and happy, and he's going to live forever. So it kind of works out. That's true. I just needed to look at it through your lens. That's fine. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Cool. The sword fight wedding at the end of Pirates of the Caribbean 3 is your favourite shot or sequence in a movie. Right then, you very kindly, for our audience, and this is a lovely gesture, you've printed out T-shirts with your favourite movie quotes on. What is the movie quote on these T-shirts? Okay, so when it, when you said my favourite quote or dialogue, mm. I, would, I was going to go with something a bit more artistic and say this. there's a scene in portrait of a lady on fire where they're discussing like orpheus and eurydice so i was gonna go into that but that does not work on a t-shirt so i had to change my answer but it's still a great it's still a great scene which is i don't know if you've ever seen the movie but i'm a cheerleader i haven't it's like i think it's from 99 it's an incredible movie i love it and basically the premise is like there's this girl she's a cheerleader she's super like preppy and her parents and her family um, suspect that she's gay. So they send her to this conversion therapy camp, but it's, it's very over the top. It's very like colorful. It's very, it's a really crazy movie, but I, it's so fun. But like the whole point of it is like, they're kind of like, they're, they're saying, Hey, we think, you know, we think that you're a lesbian. And she like, she gets really confused and she's like, but I'm a cheerleader. And it's the funniest delivery. It's so good. It's the con. Oh, it's just great. And then that's the title of the movie. So that's going on the t-shirts. <laughs> so wait, the so just go just run the dialogue for me one last time that we're putting on the t-shirt. The the t-shirt will say. <laughs> so the, the parents are you know they're interrogating her and they're like, well, we think that you're a lesbian, and she looks around. And she goes, but I'm a cheerleader. 
So that's going on with T-shirts. It's so good. Oh, okay. And the movie is called But I'm a Cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Great. I, I've, I'm completely unaware of it. Going to look it up. It's going, Go it's going it. on the list. And the people that pop up in it, for it being such an unknown movie, you're, it's crazy. Like RuPaul is in it. Like Claire Duval, Natasha Leone. There's loads of like big names in it that you're like, wait, what? How did I not know that this movie was a thing? Brilliant. That's going on my list. I love, I love being told about new movies. Okay, oh, great. The final thing before we play the movie that you've chosen for us tonight is to play your favorite song or score from a film. What are we playing? We are playing the Grand Duel from Kill Bill which is the song that's playing over the anime bit where they're like explaining Oren's backstory. And I listen to this. I listen to this piece of score all the time. I listen to it on runs. I listen to it when I'm getting ready to go out. It's not a going out song at all, but it's like, it's like this epic strings and viol. It's so good. And it's just, it's so, it starts off with like the, it's just like kind of got this like Western. I love it. It's so good. So yeah, I remember that's the 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 the, the bit of the yeah, like you say, the anime bit where she kills the gang boss. Yeah, she's under the bed and she watches her parents mm. get murdered, and so she has yeah. to go find him. Yeah, and this this piece of score is playing, and it's on Spotify. You can find it, and it is just it's so it just feels entirely like perfect for what it's depicting it's yeah it's a great it's a great score and it's a great little bit i mean i love the mix of animation and in person i love that kind of pairing so it's and it really helps the music too and like and you say this is a this is a song you can listen to going out this is a song you can listen to winding down at the end of the day this is a this is a multi-purpose song it's a multi-purpose song i don't know why i went through like a little kill bill obsession when i was in high school but I, for some reason, what really sticks, this song really sticks out. I listen to it, like, sometimes if I don't want to get up in the morning, I'm, like, put on the Grand Duel. And then I'm, like, I feel <laughs> like I can, I feel like I'm going to go, I don't know, fight a million evil people, you know? I feel like I'm going to go have a duel. So I just, I love it. It's it, it's inspiring, too. It kind of makes you want to, like, do something crazy and creative. The Grand Duel from Kill Bill. Is what we're playing, and we've arrived now at this moment, the moment where you announce to our packed auditorium and Brea the film that you have picked for us to watch tonight out of all others. What film are we playing this evening? We are playing Scott Pilgrim versus the World. And I was, you know, of course, everyone's going to go, John, why didn't you play Pirates of the Caribbean if you love it so much? Because people are going to talk over it and I can't deal with that, first of all. Second of all, I've never gotten to see Scott Pilgrim in cinemas. I watched it in the back of an SUV on a road trip for the first time. And every time I've watched it since then, it's just been on like a computer or like a TV. So I've never gotten to see it in a cinema. And I feel like it was made for that. So I really want to see it with... A bunch of people, the collective experience. We we're just talking about the mix of animation and in real life. So I've never, I don't know, the, the surround sound. I would love to get to experience that movie in a cinema. So we're watching that. What a choice. What a choice. A, a film that, 
you know, uh, upsettingly, because I think it's a, it's a great film. It's directed by a fantastic director in Edgar mm-hmm. Wright, but not a lot of people went to see it. It wasn't it wasn't the success it, 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 it so really deserved. I feel like it. Yeah, I feel like it didn't it didn't get the love that it deserved at the time. But I also feel like I watched it a few years, maybe like a year or two after it came out and all, everyone was obsessed with it eventually. So I'm kind of like, it was just a weird timing thing. Maybe it was a bit before it's time or something, but I remember we used to blast the song that um, Brie Larson sings in it. What's it called? Uh, Black Sheep. You, I don't know if you remember that. No, we used to, like, remind blast me. That. It's How like, does it go? <laughs> oh, you want me to sing it? <laughs> no, no, it's no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's like the hello again, friend of a friend, that bit. And it's like, right, sing yeah. my love. And it's so good. And she's just in the in her little pigtails on the stage, rocking out to it. And so we used to blast it. And I, I don't know, maybe I was in a circle of people that liked weird stuff, but I feel like everyone loves it. So I hope it's, I hope it's made up for whatever release disappointment it had because it's so good. It's so good. It was meant to be watched in the cinema. And I, I know everyone I know would definitely go see it now. And the whole premise is, is great. I mean, like, uh, I, I love so the, the, the whole, so the bit where, because there's so many, you know, brilliant actors and actresses in it you know you've got the bit where it's like uh maybe we don't go out with anna kendrick go maybe we don't go out with a girl with uh, 11 evil exes he's got he's it's seven it's like oh well, that's not so bad then yeah yeah aubrey plaza's in it i mean it, it does have a lot of may whitman like it's got some really great names in there but mm-hmm. it's also yeah michael sarah is so funny in it i remember i was i was obsessed i loved it michael sarah the girl who plays ramona flowers is also um, really, really Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, Chris yeah, Evans is in it as well. Yeah, Chris Evans, the <laughs> vegan. Oh, the vegan police, hilarious. Before you're right, it's. I think it's just before it's time because that that now would get alone. It would go viral because that the vegan police scene is so funny. It's full of these just genius little quips that I think are so I don't know practical and like relatable that I just every time I watch it I feel good. That's so funny. Yeah, the dialogue's great. Where the, I think it's the first evil ex who turns up, and he's like, "Didn't you get my email?" He was like, "I <laughs> skimmed it." Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You have a yeah. great memory. I, that's that is such a good line. Scott, are you waiting for your package to arrive? Maybe. <laughs> and then yeah. he's at the. D- <laughs> he's, he's at the, at the door. door. Yeah. It's romantic too, you know. At the end, don't they like go through the door, and it's kind of like, mm-hmm. what is happening? And it's kind of beautiful. It's it, it's a great film, brilliant. What a movie to end on, and that is it, Jono. The curtains have closed. The guests are milling out, smiling, chatting, and thanking you for taking the on an incredible night out of the movies. But before you go, it is time for this week's mystery question. As we ask, what's in the box? Saw you with the box. What was in the box? Oh, what's in the box? So, what's in the box? Your question is: uh, You play a siren in Wednesday, but what, in your opinion, is the scariest movie monster in the history of cinema? Ooh. Well, the first thing that comes to my brain is the Kraken, just because Pirates of the Caribbean, obviously, and he's like the scariest guy, but. I don't know if he's the scariest movie monster because he's controlled by Davy Jones. So I guess I would say I would have to say something like probably one of the OG serial killers like Jason or mm. 
I mean, I, I, I personally would be the most scared of something like that. I first, I have this horrible complex where I'm like, well, if I'm, if I met the Kraken or like a great white shark or the shark from Jaws, like they'd probably like me. We'd probably be friends. So <laughs> that is quite a, a strange complex. I mean, it would be the Kraken. You, there's really no fighting it. There's really nothing you can do if you come across it. But there's something so eerie about something like, like I'm literally looking out my window right now and it's, it's that like unknown, like, you know, I don't remember what movie it is, but someone's like washing dishes and they like look up and there's a window and some something's like there. And like at Mim's house, they had a window right above their sink. So we used to always just <laughs> <in> the window. <laughs> so I think it's like the masked human. I mean, humans are so scary though, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we could have Michael Myers. We could have Jason Voorhees. I just I, pretty much any masked killer. Yeah, I guess I would have to go. I know that's a boring answer, but I do no. think I think that that's the scariest kind of monster. The monster that is man. Yep, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with that. We'll put a, a, a masked killer in. Jonna, that is it. Your taxi has arrived to ferry you back to reality. But before you leave, let's recap your perfect night out at the cinema. You are going with Brea, your sister at 5 p.m. You're sitting in the middle behind this famous rail. Then you are going to be ordering some s'mores, M&Ms, or alternatively, some s'more-flavored Pop-Tarts along with some salted popcorn. You are going to be putting up posters for Paranormal Activity, War Horse, The Woman King and The Princess Bride. We're watching the trailer for Cocaine Bear, followed by the sword-fighting wedding at the end of Pirates of the Caribbean 3. We're printing T-shirts with your favorite quote on, which is, well, we thought that you're a lesbian, but I'm a cheerleader. We're listening to the good jewel from Kill Bill before we watch Scott Pilgrim versus The World. Jonna, thank you for taking us on a trip to the movies. Have you had a good time? I've had the best time. That's like my ideal evening right there. Thank you for coming and have a lovely rest of your evening. Thank you so much for having me. And as Jonna's cab carries her away from our virtual cinema off into the distance, it's your chance to win a pair of tickets for a night out at a very real Odeon cinema. As I said at the start, the lovely people at Odeon have given us a pair of tickets to give away every week, and if you would like the chance of getting these tickets, all you have to do is leave us a review of the show or a comment on our socials. You can leave a review on whichever podcast platform you use, be it Apple Podcasts or other, or you can get in touch on our socials, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, where we are at Trip to Movies Pod. The competition is only open to UK residents and the tickets exclude Odeon Leicester Square and Odeon Lux. And just before I say my final farewell for this episode, don't forget, you can find the full ad-free video interview for today's John Adias Watson episode and indeed every single guest on our Trip to the Movies Patreon, as well as early access to the podcast too. And if you'd like to get a taste of those video interviews, do subscribe to our Trip to the Movies YouTube channel. And that really is it. I'll be back next week when another guest takes us on a trip to the movies. Bye-bye. <laughs>